There is a place I'd give the world to see Where the music's softly playing And the rhythm's gently swaying Underneath the stars in a million bars Guitars are softly saying Mexico Well, there you are, those of you who uh, tune in just for the music. Uh, Long John Baldry and his big smash hit of about 50 years ago. Uh, Mexico, fantastic, which is where we go now. And uh, John Bonfilio joins us from Campeche. Uh, John, thanks uh, ever so much for joining us. No problem at all, Martin. Well, tell us first of all about the Nuestra Señora de las Maravillas. Yes, Our Lady of Marvels that uh, uh, ran aground, shipwrecked of 1656, and has been, not that it's been rediscovered because everybody knew that it was there, but a salvage operation has gone in and discovered um, a huge amount, a huge array of wealth and gold and artifacts, uh, which was a bit of a surprise because a number of different expeditions for the last 300 odd years have gone in to salvage it, but it turns out that the hurricanes that strike these parts on a regular basis over the summer um, have buffeted or buffeted the the wreck and actually left a trail of uh, gold and wealth um, wow. and bullion around the bottom of the ocean, uh, which the, the 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 salvage seekers weren't finding because it wasn't all stuck in the same place. So this new expedition has actually managed to uncover a huge amount of. Uh, of wealth, which was on its way, as I say, in 1656, it was stuff which had been uh, pillaged and stolen uh, from Colombia, and then it was being moved from Havana to Spain. Uh, it particularly interesting because they, they actually also came across a manifest of goods, a list of goods that were on the boat, and a good number of them that they discovered were not on there. So even back then, it seems there was illegal trafficking of, um, of various uh, goods and substances between different countries and, and people weren't going to declare uh, when they got there. Interesting also because this ordinarily when we think about salvage, uh, we think that you know an organization or a salvage company is going to make a huge amount of money mm. selling these, uh, selling the, you know, their, their findings. But on this occasion, actually, anything that is, that is sunk in the, the waters in the Bahamas is automatically property of the Bahamas government. So um, there's an alliance that's been made between the company that, that sourced them and the, the Bahamas government. And all of this is going towards um, the, the establishing of the Bahamas Maritime, Bahamas Maritime Museum, where all of these artifacts are going to be put in uh, on display for anybody who's going through Nassau to, to see. So a slightly different tale. And, and yeah, for anybody who's interested in this stuff, now it's, uh, it's not going into private collections, into rich men's private cellars uh, around the world, but it is actually going to go on display in the Bahamas. Yeah, amazing. And um, as you say, 1656, it was on its way. I mean, what was it? Presumably, it was it was some kind of uh, storm that caused this uh, this ship to sink with all this uh, treasure on board. So it's really interesting because you've got the North Atlantic drift, which heads basically boats, sailboats that come east to west from Europe to the Americas go slightly go down a bottom curve. Uh, and then come into Brazil and then up into the Caribbean. But to go back the other way, you go north. So from Cuba or whatever it would be, you then go up through the Bahamas, up through Bermuda, um, and then across to the Azores and, and so on. Um, and at that point, of course, all of these waters were not mapped by any stretch of the imagination. The Bahamas and Bermuda in particular, the Bahamas are notorious for 
for having uh, appearing, disappearing islands, banks, reefs, shoals, and so on. So especially at that, I mean, it still happens today, but especially at that time, just going a kilometer off your usual track, which is easily, you know, something that can easily happen in a storm mm. or, a, or a strong wind means that you can completely run aground. This, this boat, the, the Our Lady of Marbles was actually part of a much bigger fleet um, that then continued on. But yeah, this, this sank to the bottom of the ocean uh, only to be recovered now. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, already in the piece, uh, which was in the Guardian, they mentioned the uh, shark-infested waters uh, around the Bahamas, and you have experience of these shark-infested waters, John. Yeah, only 45 of 650 sailors survived on that particular trip, and yeah, probably about 10 years ago now was it? About 10 years ago, I guess. Yeah, I, um, we were. So sometimes some of the work that we do, because we we work in remote spaces, sometimes we'll get mm. a call from a scientist that'll say, look, I need to get to this particular place. If I go in a standard scientific cruise ship, I need to get another 50 scientists on board and it's going to cost us 40 million quid. Uh, Can you take me in a small sailboat because I'm just looking for this little thing and it's just going to cost a much smaller amount of cash. So we we did that with a couple of NASA scientists that were looking for a thing called an ascidian, which is a strange kind of creature, which is kind of almost half plant, um, half animal. But the interesting point for these NASA scientists is that at the particular range of water or depth of water that these ascidians exist at, they photosynthesize with, with a particular kind of spectrum, infrared spectrum. So what the NASA scientists um, suggest or theorize is that if there is life on red dwarf planets, which has the same infrared spectrum, mm. it could look something like this. So whilst these NASA scientists were diving, it, it was left to muggins, to idiot me, <laughs> to to hover above them uh, underwater in a sub-aqua environment, basically watching out for sharks. Just the very mention of this, Martin, is making my palms sweat, which they very much did underwater for that entire week where I spent my working days, uh, yeah, underwater, uh, looking for approaching sharks. Luckily, they didn't. No, well, I'm I'm really pleased you you got away with it because um, here in Cornwall this week, um, a woman was bitten in the thigh by, and I suspect our sharks aren't half as fierce as the ones out there. Uh, A woman was bitten in the thigh by a blue shark uh, 10 miles off Cornwall. Um, She was on an organized snorkeling trip to see the species. So she was there looking out for sharks and one of them bit bit her on the thigh and she ended up in hospital in Penzance. So um yes it's a hazardous business and uh, as i say those sharks that you were watching out for i'm sure they were way more fierce than these uh these little pussycats in uh, cornwall yeah and 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 we weren't 10 miles off the the hospital in penzance i'm not sure whether that's a good thing or a bad thing i have no experience of the penzance health service i'm sure it's very good we we shouldn't cast aspersions no i'm sure it's top range Absolutely. Uh, now, uh, we're 70 years on from the death of uh, Ava Perron, are we not? We are. Evita, often in the UK context compared to, to Diana. But I think we'd, sometimes, you know how with names, when we begin to mythologize particular individuals and we forget, the, I guess, the brass tacks of, of who they were. But, uh, yeah, she was born Maria Eva Duarte, hugely important figure still in uh, in Argentina, I mean, everything in Argentinian and Argentine politics is still defined by Peronist principles. And she moved to, to, to Buenos Aires uh, as a young woman to, to be an actress. And then uh, happened to me, as you do, the, the, the future president, Juan Domingo Perón, 
fell in love and became the first lady, which is also a thing which is easy to forget, at the really tender age of 27. Mm. And immediately became, I know a lot of first ladies these days get really criticized for being uh, political figures or taking on political tendencies, but she really championed labor rights, female suffrage at the moment. Remarkably, she ran in uh, Argentina, the, the, the Ministry of Health and Labor uh, at the time, and obviously was very active in, in charity and so on. And, and obviously, as often happens with these things, she died young and is another reason why, you know, she still, she still has that, she, we still romanticize her in, the, in that way. She died of uterine cancer at the age of, of 33. Um, and yeah, remains a really, really important figure in, in Argentina. There's also this really strange postscript about her body. I don't know whether you come across the strange things which happened with her body for a 20-year period after she after no, she well, passed they, away. Well, Andrew Lloyd Webber didn't include all that in his musical. So what well, he should do, he should do, yeah, he should do <laughs> do a, a second, <laughs> a sequel, a V to the body, in which um, so there was a military. So she died in '52. Um, and then uh, the, the military took power. There's a, there was a coup that took place in, in 53, and she was still such an important figure. I mean, actually, this re- relates to Maradona a little bit as well, because when Maradona died and he was, you know, he was, people filed through to see him in his mm. coffin. That was a, the last time that that happened, happened in quite that way was was with with Evita. But basically, the military didn't want her around, didn't want this figure around. Even in death, even dead, she was a worry to them. So they basically disappeared her body, and her body was moved around from pillar to post in trucks and storerooms uh, in Buenos Aires for, for a few years. But, the, but the, the story goes that wherever it appeared, wherever they hid it, people would find it and then lick like candles around it. And it was uh, almost stronger in death than in life. Um, so eventually they, they came to an agreement with the Pope where they, they buried her in, uh, in Italy secretly. And then a few years later, in the early 70s, her, her husband, the then president, was in exile in in Spain, and there was a sort of normalization of post-hunter, uh, post-military coup political proceedings, in which part of the agreement was to return the body of Evita Perón 20 years later. So they disinterred her and moved her across to Spain, to Madrid, where her husband was then living with his third wife, and presented them with, with the body of Evita Perón. Um, and then a few years later, finally, she was then returned to Buenos Aires, where she is finally interred in the family mausoleum. But yeah, for a 20, 25-year period, Evita's body was, was doing the rounds in Europe, strangely enough. Blimey, that's an amazing story. Uh, and, and just finally, we, we've been uh, we've all been enjoying the, uh, the, the Lionesses and their uh, triumph against Germany in the, uh, in the women's Euros. Uh, you've got the sort of equivalent tournament, um, or you've had the equivalent tournament going on in, um, in Brazil. Yep. Uh, in which Brazil have won yet again. There's been nine editions of the Copa America Femenina, the Women's uh, America Cup, uh, in which the Brazil won the first four, and then Argentina won one, and Brazil have won the next four. In this tournament, they didn't concede a single goal. They didn't lose a game, obviously, and they are hands down, you know, streets ahead of mm. everybody else on the continent in terms of their skill. Also interesting in terms of the Lionesses, because uh, FIFA announced that there's going to be a a finalissima, a final of finals that takes place between the European champions, uh, see the England Lionesses and the Brazilian women. Uh, the the, the date, date and venue to be uh, decided and agreed, but it is going to be somewhere in Europe. So at some point soon, the Lionesses are going to be playing uh, the Brazilian women. Yeah, that'll be a real test for them. I, I, I... 
were talking about uh, the World Cup, which, you know, the Women's World Cup, which is obviously the next major tournament after the uh, the Women's Euros here. And uh, I think Brazil are hot favourites for that. So it'd be interesting to see how the, the teams match up in that, uh, you know, Champion of Champions uh, match. Uh, John, as always, thank you uh, ever so much. Do appreciate it. And we'll talk again soon. Yep. Speak next week.